0: Welcome to Telly.Click, the new podcast where Mike Ward, the Daily Stars TV critic, and me, Simon Hoban, from BBC Radio, look ahead to the week's telly and pick out the best and maybe some worst bits, Mike, as well. Possibly the worst. In fact, we may just
1: do the worst. Yeah. Let's not. Well, people need to know what to avoid, maybe. Uh, yes, what to avoid. OK, I'll bear that in mind as we start on Monday, November the 13th, 2017. Children in Need rocks the 80s. BBC One tonight, 830 This is quite interesting because, obviously, um, a lot of the acts that were around in the 80s are older now Mm. than they used to be. And in some cases, they're not quite the acts that you think they are. So among those appearing on this thing um, are Culture Club, but not Culture Club because it's just Boy George. Haircut 100, but not Haircut 100 because it's just Nick Haywood. Erasure, but not Erasure because it's just Andy Bell um you see where i'm coming from i yeah? do this is like the four tops of which there's only one top left I think. yes they're just the one top yeah <laughs> and some others one top plus and the
0: drifters i think too there's now yeah. just a drifter yeah the others have drifted away
1: yeah um and who are oh yeah ub 40 who are now called ub 40 featuring so and so so and so and so and so which i'm pretty sure 99.9 percent sure is some legal requirement because I know the band split in two didn't they yeah something about that and uh, if
0: there's a featuring you can be pretty sure that the only surviving member is the drummer or the bassist
1: (laughs) that doesn't work I want the singer there at the very least
0: rightly or wrongly I mean a lot of these 80s bands actually what they do now to, to consolidate the perhaps fading popularity is to they tour together anyway don't they so they all get on a bill together yeah And they'll all go out under a name of, you know, 80s Revival or whatever.
1: Yeah, because you wouldn't necessarily go out of your way to see just one of them, or particularly in their current form. But together, they make it worth your while. There was a great thing on... uh, Dave Gorman does this show on Dave um, every week called Dave Gorman's uh, Modern Life is Goodish. Yeah, yeah. Where he sort of, like, pokes gentle fun at the uh, idiosyncrasies, the the weirdness of modern life, etc., in all its shapes and forms. Um, And he did a thing a couple of weeks ago about... Um, Bucks Fizz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was comparing very cleverly the the current new Bake Off lineup, which only has one original member of the four, yeah, to Bucks Fizz now. Because I think, as, as far as I can remember, what you say, Bucks Fizz. Uh, if you go and see Bucks Fizz, is actually just one of the old people. Whereas the, um, the the three of the four original band band members of Bucks Fizz are still together performing, but they can't call themselves Bucks Fizz. Bucks <laughs> Fizz. <laughs> so. <laughs> The best way of seeing the closest approximation to the 80s incarnation of Buck's Fizz is not to see Buck's Fizz. I mean, this is a niche, niche audience here we're addressing. It is a niche audience, but it is an audience, and I don't think we should poo-poo that. I take it Cheryl Baker is the one that's left. Um, no, it's not Cheryl Bacon. No, it's one of the guys. Oh, we just defended your one. dog there. She yeah, Fizz she's a box fan. <laughs> she's having a little. She's having a dream. She does that quite a lot. Right. The whimper. So that's on, and also uh, the 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 big one for this uh, Monday night is actually a first of a three party, which is going to be um, going out three times is this, this week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on ITV, called uh, "Gone to Pot: hmm. Colon American Road Trip," right? Which is basically uh, another of these shows where uh they get a whole bunch of uh celebs who've been you know around a while and aren't necessarily doing much at the moment and put them all together and send them off on some sort of experience or another you know the, the sort of um, real marigold hotel thing oh, yeah. they've done yeah. with um various people wayne sleep and paul nicholas and others have done various series of this thing mm. and channel five has sort of done something fairly similar sending a whole bunch of veteran celebrities, for want of a less patronising expression, over to um, Italy on some cooking thing. And now ITV have basically got five people, the youngest of whom I think is um, John Fashner, who's 55, something like that, sent them off to America to tour some of the 13 states where marijuana is now legal, totally right. <laughs> legal. And um, because they've all got various medical ailments, the idea is to give them the opportunity, should they wish to do it, to um, experience it for themselves and see whether they think it might help them okay. from that perspective. So they all get on this sort of psychedelic tour bus together, and it's Christopher Biggins, <laughs> uh, darts legend Ricky George... Uh, John Fashioner as I say, Linda Robson, and Pam St Clement, better known as uh, Pat Butcher from EastEnders, oh, yeah. formerly the late, um, and they go around and they, they they sort of experience this thing from various different perspectives. who um, decides from the outset that he's very anti the whole thing, doesn't drink, blah blah blah. I'm not quite sure why he's there, to be honest, but he's 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 the one who's sort of, you know, not entering into the whole uh, spirit of the thing. Okay. Uh, at the other extreme, probably the one who seems most keen to experiment is is Pam right and uh then you've got Ricky George who broke his back in 1994 and is sort of it's all held together with titanium screws or whatever and there's a lot of discomfort and reckons he takes about 16 tablets a day mm. uh Christopher Biggins who has asthma so he can't smoke it but then they go to this this dispensary which they describe as being a bit like Sainsbury's you know it's so slick and un hippie like you can then you can buy sort of cannabis infused popcorn um, yeah. cookies cakes and obviously the stuff itself. And it's, it's strange, but quite endearing in its own bizarre way. You could put those lot together on a bus and you've got a programme anyway. You've
0: got a programme you know, anyway. Without yes. the narcotics.
1: Yes. I, you know, As long as none of them... None of them's driving, I hasten to add. You know, <laughs> no. you know, don't do that. That would be wrong. Uh, so Biggins is in there as well. Biggins gets very ill in the first episode because they go to a 94-year-old granny who specialises in cooking with cannabis.
0: I was going to say, because he can't smoke it. So whatever he does must be... He has the delayed reaction because apparently it takes longer
1: to get it into the system, This is it? what they say. Yeah, it can take up to two hours for the effect. If you And it certainly does because he and... Uh, Ricky George suffer uh, extreme uh, side effects from uh, gorging on this uh, Italian food that this 94 year old right. uh, lady <laughs> has cooked for them is all very it's all very weird that pa- was no pepper grinder she came round with no it wasn't No, they should have done that. um the um yeah biggins on the on the coach on the way back the, the way back from this meal starts sort of zoning out so they talk to him and he's kind of like staring <laughs> into space and not it sort of seems to have lost the power of speech and then later you see him oh joy being, yes i know being... Uh, quite ill. Is this? A, does, it, does it go under the umbrella of
0: watching celebrities get off their head for scientific research purposes? Or
1: it's sort of, uh, yeah. Does I it, mean, it's sort is of that a veneer. It, yes, it's a bit of a veneer. It doesn't try too. Hard. I mean, yes, of course. Because I think if you were just watching them get off their head, I'm not sure it would merit three hours of your time. I'm not sure if it necessarily does anyway. But uh, I think by but by, by adding that sort of element of um, you know, as you say, research, I think it gives it a degree of yeah. Something or other. Is it on for three hours, or were you? Well, it's on for. Were you you also doing the research? (laughs) It was on. It felt like it. No, it's on. It's on nine o'clock this Monday the thirteenth, and also Wednesday, and also Friday. Right. So we we get to see what happens uh, in their in their sort of journey of self discovery. (laughs) Tuesday, November the fourteenth, and uh, stuck on you is the one I was going to mention for this uh, for this evening. It's uh, a documentary on ITV four. About football stickers. Oh, yeah. Pan- Panini and uh, later Merlin. Stickers mm. that a generation went mad for. Did you correct them? Oh. Do you still collect them?
0: Well, I used to. And gosh, your footballing knowledge was basically cooled from doing this, yeah. wasn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I can still remember what Eric Gates looked like in that Ipswich Town <laughs> <laughs> shirt. Yes, and, and you can picture them there. Uh, the goalkeepers, you know, pretty. And you know, they were all they weren't glamour guys like they no. are now. No, no, they were pretty. You know, Oaky ordinary team, looking bad blokes. Hair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mick Mills, Southampton. Mick Mills.
1: Him? Yes, absolutely.
0: And then I uh, do. You know, my abiding memory is the disappointment of having to fill in the Scottish teams oh, <laughs> just oh. the sort of oh god and, and they were that was expedited by the fact that they'd give you two stickers per sheet wouldn't they yeah so they were done in,
1: in halves weren't they the Scottish teams if I recall so your collection was, was what? What was the theme? Because so, obviously they did different things. They did like international tournaments. Oh, I never and,
0: did that. No, mine was just the league
1: team. So okay. Panini 84, 85, 86. Oh, that was your, yeah, I've got one and I don't even know who made it. And it, didn't see, it doesn't seem to be featured on this documentary, but I've got one from Mexico 1970 Oof. World Cup. Wow. Which I collected. I still have it somewhere in, in my loft um, and it's full. It's complete. A significant point back then. One of them was the fact that you had to glue them in. Oh yeah, right. They okay. were pre-self adhesive. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't so good. And also, and I remember thinking this at the time, but only by watching this documentary going out tonight that do I realise some of these production, some of these pictures that they used were a little shoddy. They'd sort of, in some cases, superimposed people's heads onto other players' bodies if they hadn't necessarily got an appropriate <laughs> photo, or painted the kits on. Right. In fact, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure one of the pictures that Flat is up on this documentary tonight I, I can't remember every detail is an Everton kit that's p- clearly painted on you know <laughs> and it but it was much easier in those days uh, because it was you know there wasn't all the sort of fancy design you know it would just be blue shirt yeah, with white collar and that was pretty much it Yeah, know, so you yeah. you could get away with it yeah but it's fascinating because I hadn't realized you know it dates back it dates back to the late 60s this stuff uh, in their original form and then this Italian firm Panini Got involved and it it. all took off. Um, I mean, I I would
0: not spend my dinner money on food and and at the end of the day get packets of panini. Yeah. Yeah. That was the kind of thing you would do. You would sacrifice your your dinner, you know, to buy football stickers. And then the swaps became currency, you know, playground currency.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the guys says tonight that he, um, the only way he could get a George Best, this is dating back a long time, was to swap it for his Airfix kit. Oh, that's an easy trade. Do you think the so? frustration of an airfix kit. Yeah, for the actually, pleasure I, of I agree. Both in, both in those days would have involved glue, but the airfix kit probably involved more glue and possibly green to, to your hands. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's good. It's on straight after the England uh, England's defeat to Brazil, on, which is on <laughs> ITV. Uh, so it's on at ten fifteen on ITV four, and it's made by the same people who made a thing uh, probably about a year ago now about um, old uh, football shirts, or Admiral football shirts, the sort of. Uh, classic football yeah. brand, okay, which came and went. So, well worth a look, as is episode two of The A Word, which I absolutely love, BBC One, 9 o'clock. This is the drama with uh, Lee Ingleby, Christopher Eccleston, Eccleston even, um, and uh, Morven Christie, about this uh, young autistic kid being brought up by his family in the Lake District, and I love it. I just think it's great. Mm. It's, it's it's not sort of heavy duty. It's, it's sort of funny and sort of not... Tub thumping or anything, it's just well observed. Uh, good soundtrack, and uh, yes, well worth a look. And if you haven't watched it, I would strongly advise catching up with it on uh, the BBC iPlayer. All right, Wednesday, November the 15th, Peaky Blinders. Do you watch Peaky Blinders? No, it's, it's, it's under that long list of stuff people talk about that I've not seen. Yes, well, I must admit, I sort of this is the fourth series kicking off tonight, and I must admit, my immediate reaction is, oh. I have only ever dipped into it a couple of times, but I thought, no, I'm going to sit down and watch this. And I have to say, I already got into it. Um, I like lo- what I particularly like is that the the music is entirely contemporary. So it's not trying to be a period drama with 1920s music. It's completely and utterly. Uh, I think it's Nick Cave, for example, who provides the um, oh yeah uh, some of the music. Um, and it just kind of works. This this fantastic sort of um, juxtaposition. Is that what I'm? Yes, that's it. Yeah. Between the sort of the, the 1920 setting and this very uh, incongruous. Immediate... Yeah, and it yeah incongruity. Mm. Yes, let's have an incongruity of the week <laughs> in uh, in Telly and this will be it. Uh, the jarring of the music. I, I'm, I'm making an observation which has been made countless times before. Bearing in mind this is series four and it's been doing it since the start, but it is just one of the. Uh, uh, good elements of it. Anyway, the the storyline, very very simply in a nutshell, is that the uh, the family, the the Shelby family, this sort of gangster family as it were, are all sort of have all fallen out with one another, and particularly with uh, Tommy, who's like the kingpin. Yeah. Um, but they're now under threat from uh, mafia types. So that's well worth a look. Of course, The Apprentice. Yeah. And I bang on a lot about The Apprentice and the fact that they're all nincompoops, but if you've never watched an episode of The Apprentice and you want to know why I keep doing that, just watch tonight's because they are set the challenge of promoting advertising a new model of car. Right. The two teams are... So, right, that's, this is a new a car. One. You yeah. have to do a TV advert. You have to do uh, digital adverts, you know, on the escalators. Uh, yeah, those, yeah. In London Underground. And oh, various... that's a good task. I can't believe that's not come up before. Well, they've done promotion adverts before. They, they I think they do an advert thing each, yeah. each time, but I don't think they've done a car before. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the factors, I won't spoil it for you by telling you everything, but one of the things they have to do is decide where uh, a location to shoot their TV ad. And I think they've given each given a little brochure um, with some pictures in it and uh, and they can pick one to say right that's the one we're going to use as the location for this ad and one team decides that the, they want to set it in a village where family an ordinary family you, you know, uses this car to get to work and blah 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 you know sort of so sort of quite traditional and old-fashioned uh-huh. the village they pick out of this brochure and they say yeah that looks right yeah we we'll just we'll just send them. the typical ordinary English family in the, the traditional Norman village and uh, we'll base it there. And you think Norman Village? <laughs> what they've done, inadvertently, unwittingly, or witlessly, is they've picked an actual Norman a recreation Norman village. You know, a medieval village <laughs> that they've taken. So what? they take, they turn up with the cameras and this car, like a w- reconstruction of a yes, yeah, a right. reconstruction right. of uh, it's obviously some sort of historical theme do. Right, that you, right. You, you know, the, I don't know where it exactly is, and you think. You idiots. I mean, could you A, not see the picture, which makes it really clear that it's not just a standard, traditional, old-fashioned, you know, uh, Mm. 19th century village or whatever. Uh, And B, did you not realise what Norman (laughs) would refer to? It's kind of not, obviously, anything contemporary. And one of them actually at one point says they didn't even have cars then, did they?
0: No, no, not back in 1066. Yes, You're right so about that. you
1: think, wow, uh, that's that's a brilliant example of why they are all oh, Lincoln poops. And, uh, you, you know, uh, I won't spoil it for you. I'm obviously not allowed to spoil it for you by telling you what happens, but it's well worth a look. So, yes, The Apprentice, as usual, on a Wednesday night, BBC One, nine o'clock. <laughs> Thursday, November the 16th. Oh, yeah. Uh, Love, Lies and Records. OK. New K melodrama. I like melodramas. Um, I didn't actually do that deliberately. It's quite annoying, but anyway, I've just said it. Uh, she's done In the Club and The Syndicate uh, previously. When I heard about this, Love Lies in Records, I thought, oh, interesting. I assumed it was going to be set in a record shop. Mm. You know, a bit like Nick Hornby's High Fidelity, something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine by me. I thought, yeah, you know, plenty of uh, scope there for a human drum. Uh, then, of course, I realised that I was getting the wrong end of the stick. It's actually records referring to uh, records, the recording of births, marriages and deaths at a registry office, sorry, register office. Mm-hmm. And Ashley Jensen plays... Uh, uh, a registrar called Kate, who just gets promoted in this first episode, um, and everybody's very happy for her. All her colleagues thrilled to bits, for. about apart from one colleague, it's a bit like any sort of workplace situation. There's always one colleague who's not happy for you if you get promoted. Yeah, and and uh, Rebecca Front brilliantly plays this awful, poisonous, bitter woman who feels like she's been passed over for the job, but she has a damning secret that she knows. Of Kate's that um, she's going to blackmail her with.
0: I, I once got a sort of semi promotion at a, at a station I was working at, a radio station, and one yeah. of my colleagues there, well, not, a, not a friend, she was an occasional colleague who would come in occasionally. She said, Oh, I heard your news. How did you get that? Oh, nice. <laughs> and I thought, do you mean well done and congratulations, Simon? Wow. I think that's what you mean there. How did you react? What did, what um, did you say there? I, 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 I didn't say that, actually. I wasn't quick enough. Did you enough say, at... well, the only other alternative was you? <laughs> yeah. It was just one of those where you're so startled and yeah. it almost has to sink in. Wow. I just muttered that's, something. That's
1: horrible. Yeah, it? amazing. So, um, but you got it anyway. So. Yeah, I'd yeah. already got it. Yeah, yeah she was so uh, clearly so tough. bitter about that. Yeah. Mm. Ha-ha. Uh, so it's good. I like what Kay Mellor does brilliantly is, um, as I constantly say, it's always a bit of a cliche of mine to say ordinary people in extraordinary situations but that's what her dramas are about, so they're very everyday. You, you know, Some of the storylines could almost be in a soap, except in a soap they'd be taken and sort of blown out of proportion and become a bit daft. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas here the, the pace slows down so the characters become more rounded and the, the dialogue becomes more plausible and the pace becomes more real mm. and the way the story evolves becomes more convincing. Um, but she always likes to have A sort of diverse array of characters with one unifying factor. So, in the club, is various different characters who who are all pregnant. Uh, The syndicate is various different characters who are all part of a a lottery syndicate. And now, this is various different characters who all work in a a register office. So, you know, when you're dealing with birth, marriages, and death, you've got quite a lot of scope there Mm, for spin off stories and stuff. So, it's very good. That's what I'm saying. Uh, the only other thing to mention tonight: two episodes of EastEnders mm-hmm. on one night on a Thursday, which is rare. But then it's paving the way for something big. Is there a live it? one coming up? <laughs> uh, no. Usually it's uh, no. <laughs> there isn't. To that. But we'll talk about EastEnders again in a moment because obviously Friday, November the seventeenth, which is just coming up, yes, yeah. is, uh, is the big one. Yeah. So, yeah, Friday, November 17th is the big one because, of course, it's children in need. Oh, it's back. It's back, yes. The day of organised fun. <laughs> we love organised fun. Have you got your bath full of beans oh. yet? Yeah, OK. Um, but, it's, you know, it's all for a good cause, so you're not allowed to be in, in any way cynical or sceptical about it. And I'm not, mostly. You know, it's fine. Um, do you know how much children in need raised last year on the night? Pooh, on the night? Yep. F- £26 million? No, 46 million. Wow. Which, um, as I have pointed out already, could do an awful lot of good for an awful lot of people or could buy you two-thirds of of, uh, Romelu Lukaku. (laughs) Excellent. Hopefully the two-thirds that have the better control... Yes, can do the job. Yeah. So there's lots of stuff. And EastEnders, which isn't on tonight in its normal form because of Children's Need, which starts at half past seven on BBC One, by the way, and goes on till, I think, next August is um, uh, they're doing the usual thing, the song and dance, musical medley, dancing around the square thing. But they're awfully good at it. I mean, it's not my thing, but they are good because they're all, you know, not all of them, but there's a lot of stage school people end up in soaps. Definitely, yeah. And you suddenly think, wow, for the most part, you you can sing okay, you can dance okay. You're kind of wasted because most of the time you go to work and you sit around all day frowning and shouting. They did... um, they used to do a thing called EastEnders Christmas Party. I think they only did about two. It was back in the sort of early days when Shane Ritchie was in it. He, you know, he brought out his, you know, his red coat or was it blue coat repertoire mm-hmm. to present that. Mm. And they all took the opportunity to sort of, um, you know, do, do a little number of some sorts. Well, not all of them. Not all of them can sing, obviously. But um, yeah, you or, think, well, this, it's almost like they are frustrated performers, forced forced for 51 weeks of the year to do nothing but. You know, hit each other. Yeah, well, I wonder if
0: there's a bit in that that they revel in it so much. They they look forward to this maybe yeah. because it's so bleak, the landscape in, in soaps, is. isn't it? I mean, it's you know, Coronation. Where are you on the Coronation Street stuff that's been in the papers this
1: week? Oh, the, I, I hated it. I'm, I, and I say that from some, somebody who loves Coronation Street. It's one of my favourite. It's easily my favourite soap, and I enjoy Coronation Street. And I watch Coronation Street quite happily through choice rather than professional obligation. But I was watching the episodes where the guys, yeah, this Feeling character shot the guys and we, yes okay we didn't see everything as we would have done in a post-Watershed drama but I just think no 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 this is this is kind of dark mm. to the, this is wrong I, if I want this I'll go and watch other things where they can do it yeah the way it's meant to be are done. they
0: responding to that do you think you know there's a lot of grisly grim kind of dramas aren't there at the moment yeah. and are they do they just think okay the ante's been upped we're going to have to kind of Yes, Increase I think the goal so. count. or the... I
1: think so. I think it's an attention-seeking thing to an extent. I also think they've gone six days a week and they feel they have to sort of justify that now. Six days a week of coronation... Sorry, not six days a week. Six episodes a week. Mm. Uh, so three, two part, on On the whole, it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, two episodes per night. Yeah. And it's almost as if they have to really up the ante because of that. Um, and I just think, play to your strengths. One of the things I've always loved about Coronation Street, it doesn't go down that East Enders route. Every so often, oh, we'll get a blooming gangster storyline going on and people pulling guns on people. You know, I appreciate, you know, if you if you want to start being uh, reflect, like I can say reflecting reality, it doesn't do that at all. But, if, you know, if you want to start making it grittier, you, you kind of have to have an element of that, but... Do we want Coronation 2 to be that gritty? I kind of like the fact that it's sort of a bit panto melodrama.
0: Yes, that was always the appeal, but, wasn't it?
1: Yes, that the baddies are always kind of panto baddies, even in their most extreme cases. Mm-hmm. And you felt, it felt kind of comforting because of that. You sort of could watch it thinking, well, it's never going to get so harrowing harrowing that I'm going to have nightmares. Or no. whatever. I'm, I'm not going to have nightmares, but I just think, no... No, doesn't sit well. No, which is why I think um, all soaps should do what EastEnders are doing tonight and just have lots of singing, mm-hmm. singing in soaps. Wouldn't that be good though? If they did. You know, didn't they, we're bored with the live ones now. We know how those go. They, they go mostly okay with one person fluffing their lines, and that's about it. Whereas <laughs> actual a musical episode of a soap, I think Buffy the Vampire Slayer did it, but that's not really a soap. Um, years ago, An entire musical episode. Yeah. Well, be... they, they,
0: they largely feature pop stars now anyway, so... Well, yeah. You know, the bloke from Westlife would be fine, wouldn't he, on Curry,
1: Is he still in it? Um, no, he left years
0: ago. <laughs> yeah, Do bound to you to be, ever watch television? There's bound to be someone else in
1: there, from a, well, probably the someone from One Direction in there now. There's a no? guy from Blue in... Um, That's in, it. In... in um, EastEnders. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I well, think that song
0: yeah. they had about the top
1: down, driving with the top uh, down. D- uh, driving with the top down. the uh, top down girl. Top down girl. That's uh, it? she's been living in a top down world. world. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. But she's never had a top down guy. <laughs> no, I bet she hasn't. And that's probably just as well. So anyway, yeah, children need 7:30. Test daily, and others hosting that thing. Uh, and over on the BBC Two, in that bit where I assume they it's some sort of obligation that they have to stop at 10 o'clock, and then for the news, and the news can't just go on BBC Two. It has to be on BBC One. Yeah. Even though it, it sort of everything has to grind to a halt for 40 minutes. There'd be letters. Well, can't. If you want to watch the news, why not just stick that on BBC Two for one night and carry on? Hmm. It's uh, such a fixture, though, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. So there's a Weakest Link special with Anne Robinson resuming uh, you know, uh, her role as the uh, meanest quiz person <laughs> in the world. A, it's like the
0: mid-2000s all over again.
1: It, exactly, yeah. Uh, various people from various programmes. John Thompson, Giles Corran, uh, Rosemary Schrager, uh, that bloke who won Love Island.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> He's on it. So if you want to donate, and it's before you're listening to this before it goes out, it's o three four five seven double three double two double three. Are we allowed to plug it? Is that okay? Yeah, Any I'm, sure, why not? I'm sure they wouldn't object. Yeah, there you go. And um, the, if we can top forty six million, I like to feel we've done our bit. Well, from from us giving out the number. Yeah, I think it'll do That'd it. Be quite... I think it'll clinch it. <laughs> yeah. Saturday, November the 18th is Blackpool night. Oh, it's the big one. It's the big one on Strictly. They're off to Blackpool, the legendary Tower Ballroom where the original Come Dancing uh, was presented. Uh, Not from the start, I think, but it it was for many years it came from there, I think. Do you know much about this? Yeah, I know that fact. Yeah, I know that fact. And, uh, but of course it wasn't celebrities in those days, and it wasn't called Strictly Come Dancing, it was just Come Dancing. Mm. And I do have vague recollections of it, and people presenting it, various people presented it, I think Terry Wogan presented it, for a bit. I think Angela Rippon presented it for a bit. Yep. Rosemary Ford, a generation will remember that Rosemary Ford was one of the uh, Generation Game partners on uh, with Bruce on mm-hmm. um, the Generation Game. And other people like that. So yes, um, the, the the Blackpool Tower Ballroom thing is. If you're not very good on Strictly, if you're one of these people who thinks oh, I haven't got a hope in hell of winning this thing, it, it's your target to get as to last as long enough in the competition to get to perform for that experience. At yeah. This sort of. Um, see. I haven't. I've got away with it. I haven't said iconic yet. Oh. Too late. <laughs> oh. So sorry, I've said iconic. I sort of think iconic's okay with that. Yeah, it's it I think iconic's dog. okay if you can visualise something. I think uh, something that's iconic needs to be visual, visualised. because yeah, an icon true. is that's a sort good. of visual thing, isn't it? Mm. It's, a, it's a symbol.
0: Iconography, yeah.
1: So that's on. And also, uh, Michael McIntyre's Big Show. Are you, fa- are you a fan of Michael McIntyre? Well, we we watched Camp Do Fall. I don't like falling into the having a go at McIntyre thing. Successful. Yeah, because occasionally he
0: is funny. I mean yeah. he's not quite my cup of tea, but sometimes <laughs> put that he doesn't on, Mac- D- on the back of the <laughs> yeah. DVD.
1: Occasionally he's funny, and
0: so often it, you know you, you hear other comedians slating him and, and yeah. think it's
1: professional jealousy. And I, I think it's a lot of professional jealousy because yeah. he's successful. Yeah, and I... he's not terrible.
0: Yeah, he, he's no <laughs> he Mrs Brown's Boys.
1: No, no, absolutely not. I think he's very professional, and he's sort of he's, he seems quite likable. Yeah. Guy. So I've got, but then you see, I'm not I'm not a struggling stand-up who has any no. reason to be jealous of Michael McIntyre. If I were, sure. I might be. Ed Balls is one of his guests tonight. Okay, because they do a thing. He does this thing where he has a special celebrity guest. He does, has others. It's not just Ed Balls. That would be a letdown. Uh, a guest sits in in the sort of the royal box balcony type thing, mm. and uh, Michael gets hold of that person's phone. Oh, and this sends is, the message. It sends you know, send to all. I mean, to all. I was going to say that that was one of his better ideas. It is. Although I'm slightly, what I find slightly, I mean, it's all a bit manufactured and contrived because it's not like he sort of like pickpocketed the guy and surprised him. He knows what's going to yeah, happen. Sure. Um, you could send a preemptive one, like
0: I'm about to go on
1: Macintosh show. That, yes. The next
0: few messages you
1: receive. What I always find, me. because they show the screen of the phone up behind him, you know, it's, it's all yeah. blown up big behind him, so we can see what he's saying. He never makes a mistake when Ooh, he's typing. Right, interesting. He types stuff in never and it's always that. absolutely. You know, And nobody does that, even somebody who's quite proficient and uses their phone all day. Nobody types without making a mistake. He always types without making a mistake, and thinking, oh, how does that work? Yeah, interesting. That makes me very suspicious. But there Ooh. you go. Anyway, other than that, it's all right. So that's Michael McIntyre's big show, 10 past 8, tonight, BBC One, and Strictly Come Dancing, of course, 6.45 BBC One, with the results show, miraculously still in Blackpool, even though they've left, um, 7.15 on Sunday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And also on Sunday, the one that we've all been waiting for. 9 o'clock ITV. It's going to be every single night for, well, almost, for three weeks. It's. Do you know what it is? Oh, well, uh, do you know I have your
0: notes in front of me, so I do know. And of the two, I'm guessing it's not Guy Martin's World War I tank. Yes, it
1: is. It every is. night for Thank the next God. three weeks, Excellent. Guy Martin is going to be building a tank. And you, can, <laughs> and you can watch that and vote for it. I don't know what you're voting for it to do. No. Although I, can, I can make a few suggestions. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so you can tweet or, yeah, or text or vote in any way you like for what you'd like Guy Martin to do <laughs> with his world war one tank and <laughs> um, by the end of the three weeks he'll, he'll he'll sift through all your suggestions and do it it's quite like the, the image of the last frame of that three week
0: <laughs> odyssey being him up going up in smoke <laughs> after the viewers voted for him to be
1: obliterated by it's the tank. possible if it's an option there he's got to, he's got to do he's he's uh, contractually obliged to do whatever the majority of tweeters and texters want yeah. him to do. And him looking into the
0: camera sort of like Wally Coyote. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you buggers. Yeah, because that's people power. Yeah. You know? And that's the power of social media that if people want that, <laughs> it's it's going to happen, Guy. But you mean I'm a celebrity, of course. I do mean you're a celebrity. Uh, get you out of there. <laughs> it's nine o'clock ITV, um, uh, Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday, November the 19th. It, and it is going on for a long, long time. Uh, at the time of recording this, um, I don't know who's in it, which makes this sound quite outdated because you may well be downloading this and listening to it halfway through the series and that's just going to sound ridiculous. But in a way, it doesn't matter. Do you know why it doesn't matter? Why is that? Because it's always the same anyways. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's what I call template telly. Everything is each, each year is so identical. You could literally talk, going back to what we talked about, pasting the heads, different heads on bodies <laughs> like you did with football stickers in the early days, you could sort of do that. You could actually, if technology allowed you, which it probably does, to get all the footage from last year and literally just paste different celebrity heads on the bodies and just play it out. But anyway, it's Ant and Deck because Ant's OK, which is good. Oh, it's good, right, OK. Yeah, because yeah, that, that wouldn't have been good. I mean, to be honest, it, would just, it wouldn't be worth having. I don't know what was going to happen if he wasn't able to do it, but to me, cancel the whole thing for the year.
0: Well, you've got in your notes here. You mentioned Scarlett Moffat won it last year. Yes, and for me, she would be a natural successor. If, do you if think Ant so? wasn't wasn't going to be there, Deck and Scarlett would do it. I think.
1: I think she's. I think she's okay. I'm just not entirely sure that she could hold that for a whole three weeks I do. in I that quite ar- I, I rate her. Do you? Mm-hmm. I just. I just think because it's all about the dynamic between the two, isn't it? I mean, I don't think you could have Ant without Deck or Deck without Ant. And yeah, I think they've yeah. probably realised that. Mm. Um, so it, it's they bounce off each other, and we have to know the back, we have to have the backstory. It's going to be quite hard because you can't ignore what he's gone through, uh, and you can't you don't want to belittle it. They can't not refer to his troubles in some way. I don't know. Oh, do I think? don't think they will. No. No, not at all. Like no. it just didn't happen. Yeah, I, don't I think know. it'll
0: just be the elephant in
1: the room, or do you think the... so? Because <laughs> the one thing that you always have, you always feel with antidote, you don't want there to be an elephant in the room, or any, or indeed any animal. So, I don't know, but I kind of like the fact that they feel as if they're... That one of their selling points to me is the fact that they feel as if they're kind of honest. You know, they feel as if they're just all... It, to me, they're like two blokes who just having a laugh, can't believe how lucky they are that they're being a t- given a TV show to present. And yeah, therefore, yeah, true. they don't... I mean, they're, they're incredibly slick and professional in, in a sort of almost, like, cleverly, seemingly slapdash, but obviously not slapdash way. Mm. And...
0: You know. but it's also unremittingly upbeat isn't it the program yeah. I just can't y- yes. see how it could pop
1: up but you yeah, no, maybe No I don't know perils of showbiz yeah. eh Yeah we've, we that's 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 the route we've chosen for No such always. dilemma on Guy Martin's <laughs> World War 1 tank well not so far but uh, as you say by the end of week 3 who knows he, yeah. especially if he ends up in the jungle <laughs>
0: That was episode one of Telly.click. Hope you enjoyed it. You can subscribe for free at Telly.click.